Due to new federal laws governing tobacco and nicotine use, including the marketing and dissemination of product information, Vaping Weekly is now only intended for adults aged 21 years and over. If you live in a state or jurisdiction that allows for younger, this podcast is then for those over the age of 18 years. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Michael McGrady, your host for Vaping Weekly, and this is Vaping Weekly Returns uh, with another nice little segment from our friends in the tobacco harm reduction space. Today we also have some uh, headlines from across the world, including Australia, where there's drama all the time for nicotine users and vapors, and also some news on vaping here in the U.S., Uh, It'll be really quick, really to the point. And again, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Vaping Weekly Returns, brought to you by myself, Michael McGrady, and VapingPost.com. Stay tuned for the news and our exclusive interview, a segment of our exclusive interview with Lindsay Stroud. She is the uh, board member of Safada, the Smoke-Free Alternatives Trade Association, and the founder of THR 101, her personal uh, research outfit, uh, focusing on public policy and tobacco harm reduction in the U.S. and the world, and she's also a board member for THR for Life. Stay tuned for more. A new ban on importing liquid for e-cigarettes will effectively spell the end of vaping in Australia. The federal government is banning the products on health grounds, but advocates say it will push people back to traditional cigarettes. Vaping is not a safe product. We've seen a doubling of the number of poisonings in Australia, primarily caused by imported products of dubious safety and quality. Very sadly, a Victorian toddler died from nicotine poisoning, consuming the the products which were obviously somewhere within the family house. Therefore, the government is responding to the advice by ensuring that nicotine-based e-cigarettes can only be imported on the basis of a prescription from a doctor. This will help prevent the introduction of non-smokers to nicotine via vaping. So we should not think that these products are safe. We don't want people who aren't smoking to use these products. We need to protect young people from taking up these products. But they are far less dangerous than smoking cigarettes. So we don't want to lose um, sight of the fact that Tobacco cigarettes are a major risk to your health. Uh, They are the most dangerous consumer product in Australia and they kill 20,000 Australians a year. So we need to uh, keep that into perspective here. And these products, uh, while they still have some residual risks, are not as harmful as uh, smoking cigarettes. Australia has become a cluster of really draconian drug policies, despite what they say, despite what, you know, ministers like Red Hunt say. Their entire, the Australian governments and the state governments in Australia have a very, very um, atrocious track record with treating nicotine users with... uh, Nicotine users, uh, whether it's vaping, snus, or uh, cigarettes, as uh, even cigars, craft products, um, hand-rolled products like that, second-class citizens, as if they were criminals that belong, uh, you know, 
I have long said, as have my colleagues in Australia, including uh, Dr. Colin Mendelssohn uh, at uh, the Australian Tobacco Harm Reduction Association, um, have all said that this is a quit or die mentality. And for some reason, World Health Organization and other groups like that completely endorse this type of policy, endorse this type of uh, world, endorse this type of belief. My colleague Diane Caruana, the staff writer for Vaping Post English, published an article last week uh, regarding Australia's uh, launch on a petition from the backbench of the national parliament, uh, including coalition members who view that the ban on uh, vaping in the format of, say, prescriptions and import importation restrictions and, you know, criminal penalties for those who are caught importing are is, is entirely uh, unacceptable. Um, in this regard, luckily, in, since then, the policy has been abandoned for some uh, brief time. Uh, six months was is now new, the new pushback date that Greg Hunt and his uh, Ministry of Health have offered. However, there is still no major um, guarantee that we won't start to see restrictions on uh, vaping that echo the ban on liquid nicotine and importation uh, in the next several months. We will begin to start seeing those policies be created, those policies designed, and we will keep tracking that for you. And let's just hope for the best in Australia. Before we jump to the interview with our friend Lindsay Stroud, um, I just want to point out really quick that there are a few uh, noteworthy headlines uh, in the U.S. So enjoy, uh, you know, really quick, some nice music, some nice headlines, uh, and uh, we'll read that out and get you to the interview. Uh, really quick, in the U.S. state of Georgia, um, lawmakers there have okayed a new uh, vape, a new vape tax, uh, up to seven percent on vaping products, and they also passed uh, legislation that finally uh, raises the age to buy nicotine delivery devices and tobacco products to age 21 in accordance with federal law, which was implemented last year by the Trump administration. In science news, uh, Juul Labs uh, earlier in June. Um, said that they will share new research at the College on Problems of Drug Dependence annual meeting. Uh, this press release comes uh, straight from Jewel through Eureka Alert. Um, it says that uh, consistent with previous clinical studies conducted by Jewel Labs, the data demonstrated a nicotine absorption curve for the Jewel system that is competitive with a combustible cigarette, but with a lower maximum blood nicotine concentration and total nicotine exposure compared to combustible cigarettes. The Jewel system's nicotine absorption curve was in close range of select comparator ends and the heated tobacco products. All of this means uh, when considering laws and regulations governing nicotine, policymakers should bear in mind providing a similar nicotine effect and experience to combustible cigarettes is critical to facilitate an adult smoker's transition away from smoking. Uh, that comes from uh, Jewel Labs' Mark Rubenstein, the Vice President of Global Scientific Affairs. In some international news, from the Dutch government. There are reports saying that the Dutch government intends to ban flavored vaping products, um, considering a health effects cited in a report by an organization known as the Trembos Institute. 
the Trambos Institute uh, is a public health institute in uh, the Netherlands that has a very, very strong uh, influence on government policy as would be in the case in the U.S. government. Uh, this has not gone fully through yet. We are still tracking this as we are uh, other headlines around the world and in the U.S. Uh, stay tuned for our interview with Lindsay Stroud coming up after this. to jump over to our um, to a segment of our interview with Lindsay Stroud. Uh, in this segment, uh, she's answering a question uh, that I asked her regarding what she thinks about the current status of PMTA, the pre-market tobacco applications in the U.S. Uh, listen to what she has to say uh, just really quick. Um, have in mind that this is a segment. If you want to listen to our full uh, interview, just feel free to let me know and I can post it. Uh, you can contact us through the Vaping Post website. Uh, besides that, thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoy uh, Lindsay Stroud. In March, I got elected to the board of directors with Zapata. We've really been working working with the small manufacturers and uh, Owens PMTA sharing groups to help these guys, you know, put their PMTAs in. Um, I personally believe that the FDA, with the announcement with the, you know, there's a year once you submit your application, that the FDA might actually be growing the industry of bone, um, that it's not all over, that everything's going to get rejected. I think that the one thing that the eballies here showed FDA was just the amount, a massive amount of illicit products that are on the market and that they really can't it's already been on the market. You're not going to just get rid of vaping um, as much as they would like to wave that wand. Um, and it's just not, it's not feasible. It's not responsible. I think they're willing. They just want to know what's out there. And that's the whole purpose of the PMTA is, hey, FDA, this is what I'm selling. Um, this is how I ensure that, you know, my ingredients are getting mixed in a bathtub. Um, this is how I, you know, I'm being a responsible business owner. And, you know, I'm providing the community with a tobacco harm reduction tool. And I ensure that it's safe and effective, um, you know. People aren't dying from using my product. Um, I'm not marketing your children. Um, there's no, you know, crazy cartoon characters on my e-liquid. Um, you know, it's just, and there's it's a big step process. So, you know, if you haven't started it yet, I would I would suggest that you do, especially um, one of the key components of EMTA is a survey of your consumers. And as we did a video on Friday, June 26, about, you know, the, how important the survey is, that it, survey kind of gives a snapshot of like what your consumers, who they are. Um, you know, you don't need to, you know, obviously the more responses, the better, but a big thing is, you know, what is the, what is the data in the responses? What's the average age of your customer? If you decide to ask that, um, you know, how do you, you know, what, what flavors are, are these people? I think a big, um, one, a big question to ask is, um, you know, are you a former smoker? 
um, showing that it's overwhelmingly former smokers that are using these products and it's not some new novelty just out there to get you know people addicted to nicotine. Um, so, I, you know, if you have questions, Spot is willing to help. Char is amazing. She's done a lot. PMTH um, underscore sharing group on Facebook. Um, there's a wealth of information on there um, just to walk you through how to do this. Um, and it's not, it's relatively inexpensive using some of the services that they're offering with Teller and Heckman um, doing the cover letter and the environmental assessment um, that needs to be done. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Vaping Weekly. Uh, we will be back soon with another episode and another interview with a uh, specific uh, individual, uh, someone who's very special to me in this space. Uh, I'm not going to release any names yet. Um, you know, uh, we also have more headlines. Thank you for listening once more. Vaping Weekly Podcast is produced and created by Michael McGrady. It is also produced by VapingPost.com. And Perihelion Creations provides technical assistance out of Monument, Colorado, USA. We are independent of Boots Tobacco. The asset music for this episode was provided by Tokyo Machine uh, through no copyright sounds records. All of that said, we'll see you next time.